0: Uh, God is so good. So uh, like uh, Pastor Cody mentioned, uh, I really view September as a new year. And so we're going to launch it off like it's a new year because a lot of new things happen in September. Whether you have kids in school or not, uh, things just start again. Programs just start again. And uh, we set our schedules and our priorities. And, and September they just becomes this really quick month where things get busy. And And, and <clears throat> so how do we tackle this new year or walking into a new year. And um, yeah, I feel like uh, we should start the new year. I like starting the new year with this idea of vision. Where do we want to go? What do we want to see happen? And how do we do that? And uh, sometimes the best laid plans don't work out, but I still think we need direction and direction is important. Now, in the church, we kind of have this overall vision, which doesn't really change. And when people ask me, "Hey, Sam, what's your vision?" I feel kind of dumb because it seems pretty simple. But uh, this isn't going to change because we we're still doing it. And everything Jesus died and rose again for, we want to experience, like all of it. And we, I don't even know it all, and I haven't experienced it all yet. But I want it all, and we should all want it all. If Jesus died for it, and if He rose again for it, then why not us? Why not me? right? I want some chocolate multiplied in my life, right? Anyone else, right? I, I, I kind of want to walk on water, right? I want to experience everything that Jesus died for. I want to walk in the fullness of freedom. I want to walk in the fullness of the power and the authority God gave me. I want to see it all. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, and so I don't want any of that. I don't need any condemnation. I don't need to be told what I'm doing wrong, but what I do need is the salvation that Jesus promised said, I come to save the world, which means he came to save me, heal me, deliver me. I want to walk in the fullness of everything that Jesus died and rose again for. That's kind of like the overall vision. And everything we do, we want to honor that. I, I want to see God honored uh, uh, in me individually, in all my actions, and my words. I want me to reflect that. And, and that shouldn't sound like it's not that complicated, but it kind of is. Because sometimes our actions don't really match what we want to see or what we want to do. And I want to see it for us as a church. But I I don't want it to be limited here. I want to see it in the church of of Powell River. I I want to see it in the community of Powell River. I think, um, yeah, I'm going to stop talking about that. But we need more of that. Uh, I feel like the last few years, I've been just really humbled and blessed. Uh, As a pastoral team, leadership team, uh, all of it, we've just seen so much evidence of God's goodness. His presence is just so evident. And I don't want to become too familiar with that, I want to honor his presence. Because it, it sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. Uh, not everyone gets to experience uh, his presence, kind of like I feel like we are. I just want to you, like, a little bit of a taste of it. Uh, I grew up in an Italian Pentecostal church uh, that was just full of faithful, faithful, uh, mostly women who prayed. And uh, I didn't appreciate it, I don't think. I was a kid and I didn't really want to be there. And we were in church a lot. But one thing that was really obvious is God's presence was there. Even in a season where I actually didn't think that God was um, for me and I just wasn't in a good place, I would come Sunday nights or Sunday mornings and I would, you know, pick my head up from the pew and all of a sudden I would just, it would just be so heavy, the presence of God. And sometimes you assume that that's normal, right? And then um, the journey continues and I'm in different places and all of a sudden I never experienced that again for many, many, many years. And so uh, we don't want to become too familiar with the presence of God. Uh, but I want to experience it more. I want to continue to honor that. I want to see a deepening and a strengthening of growth. I want to work with the Holy Spirit and see what he's doing and partner with them Because uh, I don't know if I want to do anything without, without him. Uh, six, about six months ago, seven months ago, somewhere in the last year, we did a sermon series in Romans that took a little bit of a different turn than planned. And, and, and as we were looking in Romans, we learned that that God has made us holy. He's made us righteous. He's given us authority. He's given us freedom. And, and yet we also learned that we are also becoming righteous. We're becoming holy. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit, taking hold of the authority he's given us. We're taking hold of and partnering with him and walking in that freedom. And that's what we want to do. We want to become everything that God has made available to us. There is a, a picture in Ephesians of the armor of God. And I'm going to read it this morning. It's Ephesians 6. And we're just going to read the three verses here, starting in verse 10. It says this, a final word, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, st- uh, you will still be standing firm. Now I don't want to go over all the elements of the armor of God. That's not the goal here, but what I want to highlight here is something that's important. kind okay, of three things. First of all, we are consistently in a battle. And not to over-dramatize things, but we live in a broken world and we have an enemy that is against us. And we are walking through things that is just not always calm. I have been fishing a lot and I've been on the water a lot since moving here uh, over 17 years ago. And one thing you discover, you can leave the dock and it can be smooth. And then all of a sudden, halfway in, it can be really, really rough. And it's the same thing with life. Life is not just this but we live in a broken world and we will experience brokenness. And and that brokenness will challenge who we are. And we also see in this that we need to understand where the battle is coming from, that, that sometimes we equate the challenges in our life with God testing us, yet Scripture teaches us that God doesn't test us like that, that every good and perfect gift comes from Him, but we live in a spiritual world that's re, uh, it's a reality, and we live in the midst of it. We're here physically and spiritually all at the same time and sometimes what we, we see is just what we like see right in front of us. We see the problem, we see the person, we see the thing without understanding that there is that definitely spiritual principalities behind that. We're not fighting against people, we're not fighting against situations, we're not fighting against circumstances, but we are in this world and we are fighting a broken world that is reflecting the brokenness of this world. And the third thing we see here, and what do I want to focus on, is, is that God has actually given us the tools, not just to make it, but to actually stand firm, to be able to stand firm. If I can articulate the vision or the direction that I see us going this year, I believe that as a church, we are going to continue, and I want us to see us. And when I say church, I don't mean like just the building. I mean me personally. We are the church us as the collective church, the greater church, the community. I want to see us continue to grow strong in our faith, a strengthening of our roots and a maturing in our faith so we can continue standing strong in all things. The standing strong in all things. There's this verse in Colossians that I think just highlights so much my heart and my passion and my vision for this year. And it's Colossians 2. and We're going to start in verse 6. And this is what it says. And now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. You see the source of that thankfulness overflowing? It's rooting. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority." We see that Christ is the head over all things, all the spiritual principality, everything that we deal with. We know who the head is. And so the challenge is, how do we root ourselves deep into the truth of who God is and who we are? And it's out of those deep roots that thankfulness overflows, which is really important. Because more easily, thankfulness overflows when our circumstances are good. You know, when the chocolate multiplies, it's easy to be thankful, right? It's easy to be thankful when you're eating that delicious pizza, all that. Maybe I'm hungry. Anyways, but it's a a thankfulness that overflows not out of circumstances, but a thankfulness that overflows out of understanding whose we are. A deep rooting that goes further than how we feel. There's a... a, um, some awesome parallels we find in two books of the Old Testament. Now, I, I meet weekly with with someone I consider a mentor, and we've been praying through things and seeing through things. And he's saying, "Hey, man, I've been in the Book of Nehemiah, and so that got me into the Book of e- Nehemiah and, and and Ezra, which we're going to talk about." And I'm talking about uh, talking with my other mentors and some of the spiritual leaders who who pray for us and speak into us. Um, prophetically from different cities. Isn't that fun that we know we have people behind us? It's so cool. Anyways, uh, we look at two books in the Old Testament, Ezra and Nehemiah, that kind of follow the same chronological history uh, of Israel. Now, chronologically, first comes the book of Ezra, and the book of Ezra and Nehemiah are set place in in, uh, uh, a time when the the Persian army had taken over and conquered Israel. And God was stirring the heart of Persia, and he allowed uh, um, um, the, the Jewish people to go back into Jerusalem and establish their city again. And so first comes Ezra, and Ezra goes into Jerusalem, and his goal is to rebuild the temple. And, and to restore the temple. Now, the physical temple was obviously a place of worship. Right? A temple kind of makes sense. But it was also the place of their governance and their justice. Everything kind of flowed out of the temple. In the same way, we, anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, everyone who believes in him, is given his spirit. We refer to that as the Holy Spirit. And that is literally, we house the presence of God in us. We, we house the physical, everywhere we go as believers, we carry with us the presence of God. That's how we can change things, Right? And the Jewish understanding is we actually house the presence of God or the, our our temple would, would be our heart. And I, I've explained this before, but I'll explain it again. Whenever we see heart in Scripture, it's not like, do, 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 do. It's, it's believed to be the core of who we are. They thought it was like right here, the, the, the center, the solar plex area right here. And it, it, it's defined as the seed of our passions, our emotions, our dreams, our desire. That's the engine that kind of we drive from is the heart. And so when we allow the presence of God into our hearts, it's, it, it's here. And so it's the same idea. We house the presence of God out of our, our emotions, our passions. We, we allow God to reign in those areas of our heart right? And we walk around like the temple of God. And so, so Ezra's focused on restoring this temple, and I feel like this is the process that we've been in. We've been restoring this, this idea that we house the presence of God, and it's the presence of God that actually reigns in us. It's the presence of God that motivates our passions. It's the presence of God that motivates our feelings. It's the pres- a presence of God that that defines our dreams and our actions and our attitudes, and, and that presence of God reigns in those areas, just like the temple would reign in Israel. And and that's the idea of Ezra. And then we come to the book of Nehemiah, and where Ezra was focused on the temple being restored, Nehemiah saw and looked at the city, even though the temple was up and running, was still laid in ruin. The the walls were still ruined, the gates were all burnt down, and there's this continuous uh, uh, ruining of the walls and the gates outside of uh, the city that that housed the temple of God. And, and and we look at it chronologically. It's actually 92 years later. So first, the temple is built. And then it's 92 years of this temple kind of being in action and, and, and the temple kind of doing its thing. And this cycle of good Israel is coming around and it's all, all really good. And then enemy would see that. Enemy would get jealous. Enemy would be scared. And so they would go in and actually burn it down. And they would attack them. And so all the growth, the cycle of growth, the cycle of, uh, of experiencing God's presence, the cycle of all the good things that come from His presence, it's like scrapped, destroyed, and they would start over again. And it was the cycle of continuously starting over again because there was no walls, there was no gates. And, and I'm hoping we can start seeing the parallels in our lives spiritually, how, how we can go through these cycles spiritually. We're experiencing God. We're trusting God. God's multiplied the chocolate. We're worshiping. We have such an encouraging worship set from Pastor Cody. We're realizing God's faithful. God's worship, and now we're on. You know what I mean by on? Like if you've been a Christian long enough, you know the word on and a little off. I'm in a dry season. I'm in a, what's the opposite of a dry I'm in a wet season. That's weird. I'm in a God season. I'm in a dry season. I'm in the desert. I'm in the rainforest or whatever we call seasons. And yet in scripture, the idea of spiritual seasons is not biblical at all. The reality is, is our walls and our gates of our lives are laid in ruin and we're open to any influence of our temple. Does that kind of make sense? And so as the church, we need to rebuild our walls and our gates. And that's kind of the vision. We need to rebuild the walls and the gates. Not the walls and gates of division. Because usually when you think of walls, you're like keeping people out. Or, or barriers of hurt pain, unforgiveness. But this morning, if I can jump analogies, I'm looking at a deeper rooting in and a deeper rooting in uh, of uh, the things that guard the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. A deeper wording, a deeper rooting in God's Word. Not just a a repeating of tradition. And Like, what do I mean by that? Uh, 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 We just... It's because Sam said this, and this is what it means. And because Cody says this, uh, but not just a a tradition of, uh, this is always what I've known, but this deep rooting that takes us past just tradition and actual passion of learning and growing in God's Word. Not just being told what to believe, but this understanding and hunger to learn to understand the Word of God. That This wisdom, and now wisdom t- takes the things that we learn and applies it. Wisdom is knowledge applied. This hunger for this wisdom uh, of the Word of God, this this partnering with the Holy Spirit, not this idea that I have to just read the Bible, I have to do this devotion, but this understanding of I get to grow deeper into who God is through his words. And it's, it was so beautifully reflected by Pastor Cody last week, this this heart condition. When our heart wants to know God and understand we have access to the very book that describes exactly who God is partnering with the Holy Spirit to illuminate the truths of that Scripture. There's a hunger and a desire for learning and growth, a deeper rooting in God's Word. So like we write about in Colossians, we're not confused by anyone who kind of sounds good, right? Like anyone with any sort of skill in communicating, like myself, Pastor Cody, we have other people who preach here, we can say things and it could sound really good, Right? You say anything confidently enough, it must be true, (laughs) right? Yet, in order to not be knocked around by just things that sound good, do we know who God is? A deeper rooting in prayer, not just, again, this religious obligation, but this raw relationship that actually works through struggle, pain, and conf- uh, confusion, mixing this conviction with God. It's kind of like when we read the Psalms. If we go through the Psalms and think prayer is this really formal religious activity where we repeat things, the Psalms are this raw moment of doubt, confusion, anger, fear, all the stuff with this deep rooting and this understanding that even though I am laid waste by the world around me, I know that you are still God. A prayer life that is honest in the struggle, that doesn't take the struggle and hide in a cave, but takes the struggle and bring it to the source who is above all things but that also a prayer life that celebrates the good things with the God who gives every good and perfect gift. A deeper rooting in prayer that goes past the idea that prayer is intimidating and incredibly boring to one that it is the natural reflection of a relationship that's deeply rooted in the understanding of the presence of God. If I want to house God's presence and walk with God's presence in every situation, then I need to be in communion with that very presence. I need to be in communion with that very Holy Spirit. I love, uh, I forgot who, but someone used this analogy of if the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit came as a dove on Jesus, if the Holy Spirit was still like a physical dove that sat on our shoulder, and we knew that as long as that dove was on our shoulder, that we were walking with the Holy Spirit, then we would change the way we walked, right? We would be very aware of the tone of our voice because we want that dove to remain. Now, the promise is is the Holy Spirit remains in us. But if we want to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we need to walk aware that we have the Holy Spirit. That kind of makes sense? a deeper rooting in praise and in worship, not just because that's the first thing we do on a Sunday morning. Well, this is, this is the, it's found in, in uh, uh, Isaiah that every service starts with worship. It's not a biblical formula, you know what I mean? We don't just praise and worship because that's a pattern of what we do, but a deeper rooting in praise and worship because we get to give God our praise and our worship. Again, Pastor Cody was preaching my sermon there in the very end. We get to give to God. We get to give to God our praise because he is worthy of it. We get to give to God our worship because we're acknowledging that regardless of what's happening here, God is still God and God is still good. And we're giving back to him just even a fragment of everything that he's given to us. Like we serve a God who like, it kind of blows my mind because praise and worship was always designed for him when when we were being taught to sing a new song, to sing our praises, to, to give this joyful, love, all those things, it was designed for God. Yet God, in his amazing love for us, still gives us things in return. Even though, you know what I mean? Like, hey God, this is for you. But then he's like, it's like kind of like, ever buy a gift for someone that you actually intend to use for yourself? Uh, is it just me? Hey, honey, I bought you some disc golf discs. Oh, look at that. It works great. And anyways, uh, there's a great Simpsons episode, but we won't go into that. But anyways, here it is. We're giving to God because God is who God is. Even though worship feels like this moment of receiving a deeper rooting in the understanding that God is worthy of our praise in the good seasons and in the bad seasons, in the ups and in the downs, when we can feel him and when he's good and when we can't and we don't know where he is, he is still worthy of our praise. Full chocolate bowl or not, he is still worthy of our praise. This deep rooting in holiness. Now this word holiness simply means set apart. We have been called, blessed, ordained, and we are set apart because we carry the presence of God with us. Okay? Think it through. Wow, we carry the presence of God, and that makes us set apart. And even though we've been given that now, the call and a deeper rooting is to walk it out because how we live matters. But again, talking about heart condition, this isn't designed and it doesn't matter to please God because God is already pleased with us. But how we live matters because it actually honors God. It challenges the heart reflection. Instead of being, heart reflection? Anyways, instead of being in this cycle of, of repetitive, God, repetitive sin. Let our lives honor the God who has given us everything. If I can jump back into the analogy of a wall, Uh, I am Italian, and so some things come natural to me. Uh, Concrete, cement, and masonry is just, I came out of the womb building things like that. And uh, that's actually not true. I'm not very good with my hands, but for some reason I know how this stuff works. And, And you can have all the designs in the world. You can have the best materials and build your, and lay your bricks and build your wall. But the very thing that holds that wall together is grout right? And if you do a poor job in grouting, if your grout is too dry and, and, and it's too brittle, if your grout is too wet and then never dries, the wall never sets. The grout is like the glue that holds that wall together. And that spiritual grout is holiness. When our lives match the words that come out of our mouth and the praise that goes to God, then that builds a strengthening. That strengthens the roots, Uh, Maybe an easier way to understand holiness is integrity, right? Is that we would walk in this integrity where there's this authenticity in every word that is spoken and every action that is taken, that we're not just saying, I honor God, but I am reflecting that I honor God. And I am, yeah, reflecting, saying the integrity a deeper rooting in integrity. These aren't just my ideas. I'd like to think that I have now written a book called, uh, (laughs) I'm just joking. These aren't my ideas. They're literally stolen from a book called the Bible. And uh, they're, I know, I know, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But uh, they're reflected in um, one of my favorite sections of Scripture and it's Acts 2, 42, 47. It says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to sharing in meals together, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All of the believers met together in one place and, sh- and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You see, this has always been the measuring stick for my life. I remember reading this, um, I was going to say seven years ago, but I think I'm older than I think. I think it was like more like 12 years ago. And thinking, oh, this is what I Should look like. As a pastor, this is what a church I pastor should look like. Oh, this is what a church in general should look like. This is the measuring stick that our walls are strong, that our temple is rebuilt and our walls are strong. This longing to be together, to grow together, to learn together individually and corporately. I don't think we as believers were designed to live life to kind of just make it. Um, recently, I did something incredibly stupid, which is is actually the story of a lot of my life. And um, I decided, yeah, I decided one day that I'm just gonna, I woke up one morning when Katie and the girls were away and I thought, I'm gonna run 10K. Now you guys are wondering, do I run? No. Have I run? Uh, Not in two years. And how far have you run before? I think I ran 5K once. And so I ran 10K. And you know, I did it, which is, hey, that's awesome. But I didn't, also didn't make it. (laughs) I ran the 10K and I could barely get in my car. I could barely walk back into my house. I can barely walk upstairs. I can barely function the day after and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. That is not what running is designed for, <laughs> right? People who love to run, that's not their story. But it was my story because I didn't run with the proper tools, the proper training, In this life, we're not designed to just make it, waiting for the bell to ring, and then all of a sudden we're in heaven. We're like, oh, good and faithful servant. Oh, thank God, because I was not going to make it. That is not anywhere in Scripture. We're not designed to just make it. But everything that God has given us through his Holy Spirit is designed so we can actually flourish and thrive in this life in every season. when we put on that full armor of God, when we partner with the Holy Spirit, the encouragement is that we stand firm. When we're deeply rooted, we stand firm. One of my favorite things to do is to walk in the forest during a windstorm when you're not supposed to, but there's something, you ever hear the alders sing? That's what I call it. I don't think that's a term. But you'll be walking in the forest and some of these alders rub together and they make this sound. It just sounds so beautiful. And you watch a a healthy alder, not an unhealthy alder. And it, it moves, right? You see a tree and it moves. But then all of a sudden the wind stops and it's in exactly the same place. That is a picture of not like a fantasy, but literally what we can do when we are deeply rooted. I encourage you guys, read Nehemiah. It's a fun story. It's very different. We see in Nehemiah 2, God says, hey, I'll be with you and I'm going to help you. Yet they picked up their tools and they got to work. The promise of God, but they picked up their tools and they did it. Then Nehemiah 4 comes around and now they're being attacked. And God's like, hey, don't worry. I am with you. Yet now they picked up their tools and they picked up some swords too, right? They picked it up and they went to work. This morning are we willing to pick up the tools and get to work? that That's the vision. It's time to pick up the tools and get to work. If the building of the temple is just sitting and enjoying the presence of God, the building of the walls is to pick up our the tools that God has given us and put in the work so that everything the presence of God is doing is deeply rooted and won't be cheaply stolen. Some of the tools that we're using here and some of the why uh, um, is motivating some of the ministry decisions, Things like emotionally healthy spirituality is here, the tools that we can grow in how we interact and encounter God, ourselves, and others. Because again, the vision and the desire is that we would be deeply rooted. What's the plan with the discipleship program that we started uh, a couple weeks ago? It's so that we would be deeply rooted in God's Word, that we're teaching people to understand, to read, and to do those things. Uh, Um... Later on in October, we're doing uh, uh, um, something I haven't talked about yet, but it's, again, more discipleship. More, uh, We're doing an intensive with someone from the Bible College coming and teaching us how to read the Word and understand it for ourselves and develop, what do I actually believe? This is what it says, but how do I actually apply this? How does this actually believe? What do you believe? How, why is it different? How can we learn from each other so we can grow and learn? Uh, um, why do community groups exist? Why do we meet together? Because we need each other. We need each other to be strong. We need that rooting together, growing in the knowledge of God's Word, in the knowledge of prayer. Why do we do prayers and why do we advertise it weekly? Because we need to grow in those areas and we only grow when we grow together. Are you guys kind of getting the heart? And it's not just limited to here. These are just some of the tools that we are offering, and these tools aren't just limited for those that come here. It is for the entire community, and throughout this entire community, there is tools for growth if we choose to pick up the hammer and say, "I want to get to work." Right? All that that work, that partnering with the Holy Spirit—that's the cost. That's the I am. I want this. I am putting in the effort. I am putting in the time. I am investing in my in my. Uh, um, spiritual life, to see the presence of God honored and growing in our lives. Uh, for sure. So this morning, um, this is how, um, it, it might not fit, hold on a second, but this is how um, I would like us to respond. I'm just going to invite uh, Cody back up. A- and this isn't like a traditional altar call message. This is more like we need to decide for ourselves individually what we want to do. I feel like the direction we are going in a church is a direction of deepening our understanding, deepening our growth, deepening our wisdom and understanding, deepening in God's Word, deepening in prayer, deepening in those things. If we want to get deeper in those things, this is an invitation to pick up the hammer and and go to work. And so I'm going to turn it over to, to Cody as we just respond in worship. And let's just begin to worship. And in that time of worship, let's just begin to reflect. How do I, do I need a deep reading? And, and where, Holy Spirit, do I need that reading?